Hello, hello everyone and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network at 8 p.m. Central. Primetime as always brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. I hope that all of you had a great weekend. I'm excited to get the week started uh, for the NFL draft because we have a lot of content coming your way. We will have, of course, primetime true Wednesday night. And then Skywalker Steel will be with you on day one of the NFL draft. And then we'll have you cover it on day two. We'll be going live near the Cowboys pick in the second round. And then we will go live near the Cowboys pick in the third round. Plus, there will be additional content throughout day three on the platform as well. So be on the lookout for that. Big week for Dallas Cowboys football. Hence, big week for ADC Sports Dallas. On Wednesday night, none other than the Athletics Bob Sturm will be joining me on primetime to talk a little bit about Cowboys football. Great conversation, great insight, as always, from Mr. Sturm. So make sure that you tune into that uh, on Wednesday night. What is up, everyone? What is up? Make sure that you hit the like button, share the stream. And if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We will take a look tonight at the Cowboys' hit rates. Shane Carter from ADC Sports Dallas did a very good job putting an article together on this very topic during the week. And I thought it would be interesting to look at it uh, on the show. And then we'll talk about what I believe to be the key round of this 2022 NFL draft for the Cowboys. And when we're closer to the end of the show, we will take a look at this stage because, man, it's a big stage for the NFL draft. So what is up, everyone? Smash that like button. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm super excited about this week. Shout out to Ryan, Cynthia, Jason, Tommy, Chuck, all of you guys. Sorry if I missed some of you. Here's the question to start off the show. Because since it's the week of the NFL draft, I thought I would open up the show with just your confidence level from 1 to 10 on the Dallas Cowboys drafting skills. What is your confidence level on the Cowboys drafting skills on a scale from 1 to 10. To 10. Let me know your answers in the chat. I will give you mine, but before that, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because the ride of the week and for the first time we have a returning ride of the week. That's right. I'm talking about the Mazda CX-9 Touring. Starting at $39,050. Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, of course, it's got the comfort of third row sitting, perfect for families, adaptive cruise control, all-wheel drive, and rain-sensing wipers. And make sure you go into the website, freemanmazda.net, so you can check out the carbon version of the CX-9, because that's one of the vehicles that I'm in love with, because that carbon version looks pretty amazing. So check out freemanmazda.net family-owned business for over 65 years and of course 
uh, a wide range of new 2022 Mazda vehicles. Again, that is freemanmazda.net. Let's see some of your answers here in the chat. Your confidence level. And we're looking at high numbers here. Tommy says eight. Lumen always precise, always goes down to the decimal points with Lumen. Uh, 8.98, six for Toxic Tom. Samuel says eight. Eight says Raymond. Primetime field with the eight. Kevin Knight with the seven and a half. So you can see that pretty much everyone is in line between eight and 8.5, more or less. Demetrius goes with the low score here with a five. 10 for Jason. So we're, we're getting very positive vibes from Cowboys Nation here on the Cowboys draft skills. My answer was an eight. Because listen, we can sit here and criticize a lot of things about the Dallas Cowboys front office. I do believe they get the NFL draft right. I do believe that for a team that doesn't believe a lot in free agency for team building, they build most of their team through the NFL draft, which is pretty much true for every NFL team. But I'm talking about specifically not signing a lot of big name free agents and forget about the biggest of names. The Cowboys just don't spend a lot on guys who were not drafted and groomed within the organization. So I will go with an eight. I think that the Cowboys do a very good job on the NFL draft. And here are some numbers that kind of do a very good job backing it up. And this is from Shane Carter. He went into the history books and he searched from 2011 to 2020. So we are skipping last year's draft because it's too early to tell maybe. Even with the 2022 even with the 2020 draft class, you could argue that it's too early to tell. But he went and looked at which players were hits and which players were misses. Now let me tell you what his definition was. For this. Uh, this again, this is from Shane Carter over at adcsports.com slash Dallas. He said what is considered to be a hit is a pick who was an elite level talent, quality starter, or played above expectations based on where on where they were drafted. And a miss is any player who never or has yet to live up to their draft standards, was released before their rookie contract expired or was never able to make it to the field for the Cowboys. Important note, this also applies to players who later found success in the NFL, even if it was not in Dallas. So let's take a look at some of these hit rates. And I think you will be pretty confident with these numbers. Round one, from 2011 to 2020, you have 78% hit rate for the Dallas Cowboys. The same number in round two, a very good history when it comes to the third round. And I believe Connor McGovern might be the exception to the hits of the Dallas Cowboys because think about it. Michael Gallup, for example, was a pretty great pick. You found starting cornerbacks as well in round three for Dallas. Round four, pretty high number to be a day three round. And then there's the big old zero. And that's just one that I haven't grabbed my head around yet. Because the Cowboys 
just completely swing and miss when it comes to the fifth round. Then in round six, you get a pretty good number as well for the sixth round, and then round seven. And I would assume that this is sort of the standard for the entire NFL, but you get a low 12 and a half percentage there. Ryan says that then we have four picks in round five <laughs> and we have zero percent. Yikes. More on that later, Ryan. Uh, Toxic Tom says, Mo, is Jalen Smith part of that hit rate? That is a good question. I guess we could go look at Shane's article. I would assume so. I would assume that he was a hit because at the end of the day, he did play multiple years and was a starting linebacker for your team and had pretty good seasons. I believe he was counted as a hit. That is correct. And look at the picks in, in round three. 2016, you had Malik Collins. You had Jordan Lewis, Michael Gallup. Connor McGovern, of course, was a miss. But even Neville Gallimore in 2020 was a hit. The Cowboys have done a pretty decent job in the NFL draft. And I guess that if you kind of compared these numbers with a lot of teams in the NFL, you would appreciate what the Cowboys do in April. Uh, let's see. Let's see some of your comments here. Round five is hot garbage, says Samuel Rowe. We did pretty good in 2016. We got sick in deck in the fourth round, says Joe. Man, the Cowboys were super lucky to get Dak because it's crazy. Listen, Dallas didn't only land Dak Prescott in the fourth, but they were actively attempting to take other quarterbacks and settled, quote unquote, for Dak Prescott in the fourth. And that's the beauty of the NFL draft. There's always luck involved. Imagine if Dallas had taken... Paxton Lynch in the first, if they had successfully traded up for Paxton Lynch, drafted Lynch in 2016, and maybe the Cowboys would have stuck, of course, with Tony Romo for a bit there, which wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. But now, who knows in what kind of quarterback purgatory the Cowboys would find themselves in. I've always wondered, and this is a hypothetical that I believe will not be answered anytime soon, if... Say the day comes, or, or, or let's, let's actually stick with this hypothetical. Let's say that the Cowboys would not have found Dak Prescott. Let's say that they would, for any given reason, they would have taken Paxton Lynch. Uh, let's assume for a moment, let's play this what-if game. I've always wondered if the Cowboys would have been one of those aggressive teams in trying to get a quarterback in the trade market. Because we've talked about this team being conservative when it comes to free agency and trades and all of that but i do i, I do have that uh question pop up to my mind every now and again when i'm looking at these teams desperately trying to find a quarterback and i think that's where we would see the most aggressive version of the jones maybe if the cowboys had no starting quarterback i think they would be in the market for for a lot of quarterbacks that are put on the trade block. Like, think Matthew Stafford, uh, Jimmy G, all of these guys that sometimes are in the market, right? Even Tom Brady, maybe, 2020. Uh, all kidding aside, though, I think the Cowboys would be super aggressive. Uh, 
if they had no quarterback on the team. Fortunately for us, though, we will not find out because the Cowboys do have a quarterback in deck. Michael says all the other quarterbacks that were drafted before Dak in 2016 are all on different teams or not playing. Man, the Cowboys got lucky. The Cowboys did get lucky. Bruce says, I can't wait for Micah to sack Carson Wentz because he's back in the NFC East and provided he stays healthy, then Micah will face Carson Wentz two times in 22. That will be fun. And Toxic Tom pointing out, we have had two franchise quarterbacks that we locked into, Romo undrafted free agent and Dak in the fourth round comp compensatory pick and have done absolutely nothing with them. That's like hitting the lottery back to back and still being broke. I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to disagree with that. Isn't it funny though, uh, and I was thinking about this because I was reading the On The Clock book, which is a pretty good book. I recommend it for those of you who like reading about football. There is this book called On The Clock, and it's the story of the NFL draft. And it's got some cool chapters on it. And it's a short read, so you can get it and maybe read it in its entirety before the NFL draft. And this is not an ad. But uh, that's when I found out. And I read, I read this one a few years ago. And I found out that Roger Stovak was a seventh-round draft pick because, of course, he had the situation in, in which he wasn't going to play football right away. So Troy Aikman is the only quarterback that the Cowboys truly orchestrated something big to go get right with the trade. Pretty interesting, maybe, perspective on the Dallas Cowboys history. And of course, we're talking about an entirely different league, entirely different process when we're talking about the draft for, for Royer Staubach, but still something interesting uh, to think about from time to time. Now, what's the key round of the 2022 NFL draft? Because when we take a look at those hit rates, I guess you can feel pretty confident about how the Cowboys are going to fare in the 24th, in, with the 24th pick. We've talked about this a lot over the last few weeks, last few months. I would be surprised if the Cowboys board is wiped out when they're on the clock. That's just me maybe being an optimist, but I do look at the wide receivers in this class, the two top-rated guards, the linebackers, the defensive tackles, and I find it so hard to believe that quarterbacks will not be taken before the Cowboys pick, that there will not be a run at the wide receivers before the Cowboys pick, at the offensive tackles. So I just find it very difficult to imagine a, a board that is completely wiped out for Dallas. So I feel confident about a 24th pick. I feel good about the second round pick as well, the third round, the fourth one. But the Cowboys have four picks in the fifth round. And we have the history right here dating back to 2011 on the picks that the Cowboys have made in the fifth round. Bradley and I, Michael Jackson, Joe Jackson, not Chulis Joe Jackson, no, 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 Mike White, who even after a marvelous 
unforgettable performance last season for the New York Jets versus the AFC eventual AFC champions counts as a miss. <laughs> Ryan Russell, Devin Street, Joseph Randall, who I believe might have been the closest the Cowboys got to a hit there. Uh, Danny Cole and Josh Thomas. Those are the Cowboys' fifth-round picks dating back to 2011. And this year, they have 155, 167, 176, and 178. Only 155 is not a compensatory pick. And that's, you know, including the Amari Cooper pick that the Cowboys got back for their wide receiver. So you got four picks in the fifth round. I have a question for you. I want to get your feelings on this. Say that the Cowboys get one hit out of these four fifth rounders that they have lined up for day three. Say that they hit one. One out of these four. Would you consider that a success or a failure for the Dallas Cowboys? And I'm not talking about finding a Richard Sherman who was a fifth-round pick in his time. I'm not talking about getting a camp chancellor kind of prospect. I'm not talking about this future Hall of Famer, all-pro level starter that the Cowboys could get in, in a steal kind of way. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about finding role players. And I'm thinking about specific positions like, say that with these picks, the Cowboys get a backup tight end that can have some sort of specialty, like Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina or the South Dakota State tight end. Uh, I remember he... Uh, Bellinger, I'm not, yeah, is he Bellinger? A running back three for the future, Abraham Smith. A kicker, like we've discussed on primetime. I know not everyone will get on board with that. Now, swinging and missing at the kicker position, now that would be painful. So say they hit one of these four. Is that a success? Let's see some of your thoughts on this. Yes, sir, says Joey, and O-line is worse than ever. Asmodeo says success. Samuel goes with success. Uh, I'd call it an outlier, says Toxic Tom. Now, that's fair. That's not the question, though. <laughs> a start, big fail, says Michael. You need to hit at least two of the four. Success, says Gregory. Todd Murray goes with success. I will go with success as well. Kevin Knight says hit or miss, round five. I will, and the majority of people are going with success here. I would also go with that. Listen, it's the fifth round of the NFL draft. You're not getting surefire players starting maybe in the third round, let alone in the fifth. But if the Cowboys can turn one of these four picks, especially since three of them are compensatory picks, and turn them into a role player within the Dallas Cowboys and maybe even a special teams contributor, that's a win for Dallas. That's definitely a win for the team. I would call that a success. And if you can get that up, like somebody said, that would take the six, the 0% the on the hit rates to 6%. Hey, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. And I think that the Cowboys, I'm not talking again about finding this hidden gems in the draft 
that are sleepers that will turn into eventual pros. If you can do that, then amazing. You got lucky. But if the Cowboys can fill these sort of role positions that they need to, to fill, I would call that a big win. And some of them, as I said, I'm thinking about a backup tight end that you could potentially develop into something more. A running back three that in 2023 could be significantly more as the Cowboys figure out what the future holds for Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Maybe a swing tackle or at least a player that can compete for a swing tackle position with, say, Josh Ball and some other offensive linemen on the team. MJ says, I will take those numbers over anything. Guru says, can we get the special team types in undrafted rookies or street veteran free agents? Well, if you're talking about special teamers like Gunners and all of that, I would say yes. But if we're talking about Kicker, I'm a little bit pessimistic that you will find promising player, a promising kicker outside of the NFL draft. That's just me. And I, I, we've had this discussion here on primetime. But yeah, I'm not... I'm not sure, you know, that that Dallas can find an upgrade at kicker outside of the, actually, of the fifth round. I'm all for Dallas taking Kate York or Dicker the kicker, whoever they want it to be, but take a flyer on one of these kickers. I'm, I'm not going to oppose that. In fact, I will celebrate that. I've mentioned this before, but one of the, be the best free agents at kicker out there is Michael Backley, a.k.a. the kicker with the third most misses since 2020. So you're not going to find anyone out there, and that's the reason why maybe the top five free agents of this year got re-signed by their teams. T. Sila says, I would like to see the Cowboys use two of the fifth-round picks to trade up in the second or third round. Now... Warning. This is, this is my primetime warning for you guys. Unless we're talking about a very minor move, I don't know that those fifth rounders get you a trade-up in day two, let alone on day one. Unless, again, we're talking about jumping two spots or something like that, I don't see how the Cowboys would offer that sort of value to anyone else with this because those those fifth rounders i'm not sure that they worth very much i i really am not sure they are three of those fifth rounders are compensatory fifth rounders so keep that on mind you're getting closer to the sixth round already so my warning is don't get too excited about having those four fifths because they might not get you a lot that's I was being optimist, an optimist maybe, talking about the 24th pick. Consider me a pessimist when it comes to those fifth rounders being significant trade ammunition. Michael says, trade your fourth and all of the fifth round picks to move up. Kate York, says Greg. Yeah, I'm all for, for Kate York. Now, Danny Savage says, I think that Josh Ball might surprise people. Could very well be the case. I mean, the story on, on Vol 
to this moment has been basically that. So I, I would actually disagree on it being a surprise. I think a lot of people are counting on Josh Ball having a bigger role than many of people would assume. Now, of course, uh, difficult to ignore the off-the-field issues when it comes to Josh. But when it when speaking strictly talent, we know that actually he he in terms of talent, maybe he was a foul a faller last year. The reason being the off the field issues with domestic violence when he was in college. And I remember a Jeff Cavanaugh tweet from back then in which he said that, of course, we'll never know like the full truth in all of these cases. But I remember that Jeff did tweet out a very good point in which he said, if someone brings it up and you're telling us that you had the time to reflect and evolve as a person, you need to do better than reply. That's in the past. Because he, he did say something like that. Like, we've moved on. I don't know that that was the right answer. And Jeff argued that on his Twitter account last year. Anyways, in terms of talent, he very well might be the swing tackle, as Kevin is saying in the YouTube chat. The boys, says Edward, need some nastiness on that offensive line desperately. Man, Trevor Penning, I was reading, uh, we, we talked about Trevor Penning, and I remember it because of the nasty adjective. Uh, Trevor Penning, some people are saying that they, he might go in the top 10, which wouldn't be a surprise because offensive tackle is always one of these inflated positions in the NFL draft alongside quarterback because you're not getting tackles in, in free agency either. You need to find them through the draft pretty much all the time. I'm all for Penning if he's there at 24, if the Cowboys want to take the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Jason Renfro. Now, this is super uh, random, but yeah, I have been. Have I been ziplining before? Yeah, I have. I love it. <laughs> I don't know where that question came from, though, but I appreciate it. I, I'm all for random questions. But yeah, I've been ziplining before. Danny Savage says, Penning will be there at 24, rather have green. Ah, that's a, that's a tough one. I think I would rather have Penning if they're both there at 24. Give me the tackle. Uh, but I don't think that he will be there. I doubt it, actually. I highly doubt it. But if he's there, I would take him over, over Kenyon Green. John says, I like nasty linemen. They're fun to watch. Always have been. Uh, when you're talking about players in the trenches, you always enjoy watching nasty offensive linemen or nasty defensive linemen. Of course, Penning, you would need to, you would need to work on, on his discipline, though, because you might like nastiness, but you will not like those personal fouls. And I can assure you that when the game... When the game starts and the flag comes, you will not remember the comments you're making on nasty offensive linemen. You will be talking about, you know, getting your head in the game and, and not committing foolish penalties, right? Because he did have, what was it, five or four personal fouls. You need to coach him up. People will forget about these nasty comments 
once the once the season starts. Michael says, Mo, are you a BPA drafter? I am no matter what. The need is outside of quarterback and running back. I am. I, I love the best player available philosophy. I think, however, that it's it, it cannot it cannot be your only you know reason behind your decision making in the NFL draft. You all I do believe you also need to take into account some other stuff like for example, I do agree that you need to make your scheme fit the players, but also if the player doesn't fit with the rest of your players, like you're not going to throw your entire scheme into the trash just for that. So there there are some scheme fit elements or for example, if, if you are between two guards and the only difference between them is one is better for gap, a gap scheme and the other one is better for a zone scheme and you have an offensive lineman consisting of four dominant linemen for, for a inside zone scheme, for example, you're not going to throw that all into the trash just to take the gap scheme player. So I do believe BPA is your main driver in the NFL draft, but it cannot be the only thing driving your decision-making. And I also think, for example, offensive tackle, we were talking about it. You're not going to find tackles in free agency. So you might put a little bit of a premium into those kind of positions. Overall, though, I'm all for BPA. I think it's the main driver. But I also think it cannot be your only one. It might be your biggest, though. And I think the Cowboys do address the draft that way. They have done a good job with drafting best player availables, uh, available in recent drafts. Bring back Jimmy Johnson for GM. He knows football, says John. Isn't Jimmy Johnson, can someone, can maybe a historian uh, in the chat confirm or deny this? And if no one knows for sure, I will do my homework and I will let you know tomorrow. Didn't Jimmy Johnson invent the value chart for NFL picks for trades and whatnot? Wasn't it Jimmy Johnson who invented that? Let me know if someone knows and if no one knows, I will do my homework and I will let you know tomorrow night. Now, before we get out of here, by the way, Let's take a look at this draft stage and let me know what you think about it because this will be the draft stage at the Villaggio Fountains over at Las Vegas. People are saying that Jimmy Johnson didn't invent it, that it was a scout. And Toxic Tom is saying, I don't think he invented it, but he adopted it and adapted it and modernized it. All right, I will do some research. And I will let you know what I thought that before today. What's one word to describe the NFL draft stage at the Villaggio Fountains? And maybe some of you have not seen it. This is the concept. This was announced even before this year because the Las Vegas draft was going to take place uh, last year, of course. But, you know, there were a lot of things going on and, no, in 2020, excuse me. And with the pandemic and all of that, it got pushed back. This is what the draft stage is supposed to look. And, I, and we actually have some footage from Fox 5 on how it looks right now. 
This is going to be the setting for the 2022 NFL Draft. And for those of you who have been to Las Vegas and have been to the Valayo Fountains, it's always an amazing, you know, thing to watch. And I would have never imagined that they were going to put a stage on there. I don't know if that's a first. Maybe they have done so for concerts or, or things like that. I really don't know. But having the draft being there, that will be amazing for people who are there. So what's one word in your opinion for the draft stage? Dancers is Stephen White. Money, insurance is Toxic Tom. Oh, I, I promise you, Toxic Tom. I promise you that this crossed my mind when I looked at it as well. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> Interesting, says Edward. Uh, cool, says Gregory. Vegas for Bruce. Let's see. <laughs> Insurance was a good one. Wow, is that small stage why they're only allowing 21 players to attend? I was surprised by this too. I thought there was going to be more players in attendance. Been to Vegas five times, always wondered why, says Danny. Drunkers bring a floating device, says Blumen. My one word will be elevated because, man, the NFL draft is becoming into a... It's, it's turning into a huge business beyond the TV ratings. It's always been a huge business for the NFL. And we've heard consistently about the NFL draft beating the NBA finals, beating the NHL in ratings. But look at these numbers. And this is from Joe Pompliano over at the huddleup.com website, which... Pretty interesting, you know, newsletter. I recommend subscribing to it if you like business in sports. And he put together a list of the NFL draft annual attendance starting in 2017, which was the first year in which the draft decided to go on the road after the radio, you know, city hall tradition in New York. In 2017, Philadelphia, 250,000 people attended. 2018, that went up to 200, and, uh, 200, no, that went down actually, 200,000, 200,000, excuse me, uh, when it was in Dallas. And then in 2019, it shot up to over half a million people, 600,000. And then of course, 2020 and 2021, difficult to judge because of COVID. So the numbers went down in 2021 when it was in Cleveland. So just elevate it. Man, the NFL is full of genius when it comes to making things like this happen. But anyways, guys, I don't know. Jason, I see what you're doing. I will fail miserably if I attempt to pronounce that word. I, I will absolutely fail. I see what you're doing. I will not fall for it. Uh, I, I will fail on it. <laughs> Joe says, it's going to be hard for me watching the draft because it starts at 2 a.m. in the morning here until 6 a.m. So I will be drinking lots of coffee to stay awake. That's the way to go, Joe. That's definitely the way to go. Hey, listen, I, I thought that I was having a hard time waking up at 7 a.m. to catch the Formula One race today. And Joe is out here trying to wake up at 2 a.m. or maybe not go to sleep 
at all to catch the NFL draft. Anyways, guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining the show. Primetime, as always, brought to you by FreemanMazda.net. Quick announcements. Tomorrow night, we will start about 10 minutes earlier because, you know, there is a game four game for the Mavericks. So maybe we'll, we'll start a little bit earlier than usual. So be on the lookout for the notification about it. 7.50 p.m. Central Time, more or less. That's when I will be going live tomorrow night. And then on Wednesday night, remember, we had the conversation with the Athletics Bob Sturm. And I invite you wholeheartedly to tune in because Bob Sturm is so insightful, so smart when it comes to the draft process, when it comes to the team building side of things. And of course, he's got a lot of experience. So, I learned a lot from that conversation, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hit the like button, share the show, and I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you, guys.